you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and J. Mack are on tap to help us navigate the show. We appreciate you. Um, today, we are going to discuss legacy mm. a little bit. Um, maybe not in the way that you might think, but this is one of those um, one of those shows where we are taking sort of a... Um, an off the cuff, I guess, kind of conversation we were having yesterday yeah. and just talking about what we see happening in our culture yeah. and how so much of what we see happening in the culture is based on the drive of people who were so committed to their cause that they were willing to work knowing that they may not see what they ultimately desire in their <laughs> lifetime. Right. But they knew that if they kept pushing, eventually it would be so. That's right. And as we were talking about this, we just kind of started rattling off some names and just thinking about where we are in our culture today and how so much of it is the intentional, persistent, consistent, mm-hmm. almost turning into the snowball effect of of people who are wicked, who mm. were wicked mm. and had the ability to to look down the line. And I don't mean this in a prophetic sense. I mean, <laughs> look down the line and say, you know, some people are going to be upset right now, but I'm I'm willing to risk being ostracized in this moment mm-hmm. because I know that it's almost like sort of having a sense that momentum on the side of wickedness is fast, right? Like it, like yeah. the decline, even though you may run up against some obstacles, um, you know, on your way to where your goals are, eventually you're going to get there. And uh, so we want to talk about that today and just kind of look and, and what I want to do is I want to bring in one headline that I've had. Um, for a really long time. And honestly, I just, you know, it, it's one of those things where it almost seems like it's unbelievable that people would actually say these things out loud, but you do have <laughs> a man who did say these things out loud. But I think these things are very telling about where we are in culture. So before we get into that, though, um, let's kind of unpack a little bit of our discussion yesterday, Will the Great, as we were talking yeah. about um, the importance of legacy and it's kind of weird it almost seems a little bit counterintuitive to speak about legacy in this way because what we're going to discuss is the legacy of people who um operated in rebellion against god yeah and 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 so this is not going to be a good legacy right but it is a legacy nonetheless and they actually laid a foundation Mm -hmm. upon which much of the rebellion against god that we see today rests yeah. And 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 it's just fascinating when you start thinking about it and mm-hmm. you think how we who are followers of the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, mm-hmm. we have the authoritative word of God. We tend to be a little bit laxed yeah. in what it takes to leave a legacy or to lay the foundation yeah. for a good solid legacy. I don't I don't yeah, understand you, you, why that is. You're exactly right. 
you know, and it's, it's funny how those things go both ways. Like it can be for the good or for wickedness. And it seems like what we see uh, often is that there's a lot of wickedness that uh, is uh, progressing or, pre- or prevailing. Mm-hmm. And it was based upon people who are not here anymore. They had a certain long game that mm-hmm. they were playing, willing to uh, take the L, which wasn't lost to them mm-hmm. at all. It was because to them, they were getting the discussion out there. They were, start, mm-hmm. you know, they were getting mm-hmm. people thinking. And so, you, you know, it kept coming back with the same stuff, same stuff, these mindsets. And we look at where we are today and we see that a lot of these I, I, I ideas have taken uh, root and, yes. and, and have manifested into things that we're like, wow. Mm-hmm. But the same thing is true. You know, when we talk about legacy, I was thinking about, you know, just in the Bible, there was uh, multiple times where God told uh, his people that your sons, your children are going to ask about why you do this. And you're going to tell them about the glory of God, about, you know, how God brought you out of Egypt or how God brought you through this. You know, so that's that's something that has to be done on the side of the believer that we uh, leave a legacy of depending mm-hmm. and trusting on God. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times what we see, because like you said, we've become so lazy and lax. We see it seems that the, the wicked prevails because they are uh, they have a strong will. They mm-hmm. keep on going, you know, mm-hmm. even in the face of, you know, what, what may be seen as a loss. They just they keep coming back. And so yeah. I, I think it, as, there's a lesson for us learn from the scriptures that, man, we are the ones that have to uh, uh, disciple our children, tell our children about the, the goodness of God and how he brought us through this and that. And it depends upon us to, to pass that down. And when yes. we don't do that, yes. we have what we are dealing with, you know, today. So I really I, I feel so strongly that the foundation of the faith, especially sort of where we are on like the history timeline and what we see happening in our country, where we have um, so many of what we would have thought were established or solidly established institutions in our country. Mm. They either have crumbled or they are crumbling. And so many people are left trying to figure out um, and excuse, I don't mean this to sound as, you know, hollow as it sounds, but so many people are left trying to figure out, so where's the good? Like they're, you know, they're, it's, it's sort of like standing outside of um, a building, a, a building that is burned down and, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the building and you're, mm-hmm. and you're going, what can we salvage? <laughs> and I feel like when we look at American culture, that's where we are. We, mm-hmm. we, we're kind of like looking around and we're just like, man, is there, is there anything that we can salvage? But I think the problem mm-hmm. is that we don't recognize that what was worth salvaging, mm-hmm. right? was that we had a country that was built on a fear of God yeah. and a recognition that he had blessed this nation. He was the That's reason right. that the nation existed. Yeah. Now, I think even among those who are, excuse the use of the word, looking for the good, mm-hmm. among those who are looking for the good, there is still a searching for the good. What can we salvage mm. apart from that necessary return back to God? Well, like, yeah. is there anything that we can kind of keep without having to to truly be contrite. Yeah. And I think that a big part of, you know, what we are seeing now is that over time, the church, the the believers, the body of Christ has allowed the ideals and the philosophy of the world to penetrate yes. the church. And so that's where you would find the good. 
you know, mm-hmm. because only, you know, what's godly really is good. Amen. You know, so but when the world has penetrated the church and we've accepted, you know, some of the ideas of the world, then we look just like the world, you yes. know, so there's no defense like the, mm-hmm. you know, the the garrison is, is broken, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so that there's no real defense. And so what we have is now we have our, our children who. Uh, have been given over to the same philosophies and and we've allowed to to take on the ways of the world and so mm-hmm. when we look when we look down the line we we it seems hopeless it's not but it no. seems that way you know right. because of what we've done uh, and what we didn't do uh, what we didn't do and so so the call must be for at at some point somebody has to start right like somebody yes. has to somebody has to say okay enough of this enough of the wringing of the hands, right. enough of looking for good apart from God. That's that's the secularist uh, cry. That's the humanist cry. But a lot of Christians live that way. They mm. don't say it. They allow the humanist to say it. But then but then there are a lot of Christians who kind of function as if that's their bumper sticker, you know. Mm. But what about turning back to God? And so what does that look like? And And I guess the thing that I'm thinking about is instead of finding ourselves, mm-hmm. instead of finding ourselves... Um, lamenting the consistent loss Mm -hmm. that we experience in culture. Mm -hmm. We say, does not matter what we do? Uh, They're not going to change. Or does it matter what we do? They're not going to, maybe we don't focus so much on the, the loss or the, uh, the rapid decline, although it's hard to ignore, but maybe we focus on shoring up what God has entrusted to us directly. Yeah. Right. So this is for grandparents. Like I, I can't tell you how much it concerns me. Man, and, you know, it concerns me that there is such a disconnect between generations that it's sort of like, you know, the the role of the grandparent or even the aunt and the uncle. And I'm talking about among the godly to understand that you've been entrusted with the gospel and yet not see yourself as helping to preserve that truth in the younger generation, not see yourself as the one who is passing the baton to that child. It, mm-hmm. It's sort of like. Our culture understands something about the uh, the pliability of a child that we ignore, that a child's worldview is shaped earliest, Mm -hmm. um, is shaped the best, is solidified Mm -hmm. when they're the youngest Mm -hmm. that they that Mm -hmm. they are. I mean, and as they grow older and older. They kind of are set. Mm. They're, they're like they've made their determination. This is where they're going to stand. And this is their position. And so then we we kind of find ourselves when we get to the teenagers and and the young adults. And then we say, OK, now it's time for <laughs> us to, you know, turn our attention to them. But they've mm. already formed their opinion. Right. And and when you start and I was looking at this article and this is let me. Well, a couple different articles here that I want to share, because this is some um, this is some great information. But I also, of course, I want to make sure that, you know, as we read information we read it through and through because, you know, sometimes there can be things presented in articles that are not said, but they're said. And I, I just I want to swing at that just a little bit. So here here is this article This is from the National Review of the Supreme Court rule that it's unconstitutional for Maine to exclude religious schools from a program that provides tuition assistance for students <laughs> to attend private schools. So this appears to be a win for for religious liberty. This mm-hmm. appears to be a win for the Christians. Right. This is a good thing. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm, I want to be able to clap at that. But at the same time, as I'm reading the information, I'm going. But the problem is that what we 
what we go into this article thinking is that public education is not religious education. Mm, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> I just want to, I want everybody that's to just focus. So I'll go back to the article, but I just want to say, okay. So everybody's like, mm. so, yay, this is a win for religious liberty. And, and we're like, yay. Yeah, that's right. You cannot exclude the Christian schools. You cannot exclude the private religious schools from receiving the funding that you've made available to every other institution, every other school. Okay. But at the same time, I'm going, but but hold up a second. You almost read this. It makes you think that public schools are not religious schools. Public schools are religious schools. Yeah. Public schools have a worldview. Oh, yeah. It begins with the absence of God. Hmm. Or 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 at 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 least that he's unnecessary. Right. Right. That that you can learn all you need to learn apart from God, that you can do and operate and, and you can know apart from God. So you can have knowledge apart from God. That's how our public education system begins these days. I don't know when people have checked last. <laughs> but but why do I bring that up? Mm-hmm. I bring that up because this is the means by which we are losing so many of our children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's this a, is this is what they are being it, funneled through. It's an indoctrination factory. Like they're going and they and they want to make it to where all of the children, if they had their way, have to go through this process to get their minds the way that they want their minds to work. You know, and and it's it's amazing that uh, we willingly place them there um, and not even take thought of any alternatives or any other way that we can do do uh, this. And, And I think Christian parents have to take a hard, long look at that and be more serious about that decision. You know, like really take it to prayer, really take it to God. It's not really an option to just kind of be lazy about that because what's going on, um, they're being indoctrinated and what you're doing at home is not enough to combat what they're getting when they're not home. Absolutely not because it is from the time they are on the campus until the time they go home until they go to bed because once they go home they then have the materials that they are subjected to that they call homework they have the websites that have been commended to them that they're supposed to explore and learn it's it's further education so it's not like you know 8 a.m to 3 p.m it's all of the points of contact in between from the moment they wake up to the time they go to bed and what are we seeing now in our public school system which again and i I just want people to start shifting in their minds and start thinking about the fact that there is a religious worldview that is communicated. Right. We, we don't have neutral public education. Guys, from the drag queens in the libraries <laughs> to the sexual indoctrination, we do not have neutral schooling in the United States of America. You don't have neutral public schooling in the United States of America. All right, let's grab the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Really do appreciate you listening as we talk about, you know, what it is that we're doing or not doing in the body of Christ and what it is that we need to do. Like we 
we need to make a concerted effort to disciple our children, to train our children, to see ourselves as carrying the gospel and passing it on intact to them, that they will pass it on to their children. There are people who are very wicked, who were very wicked, uh, who lived among us, <laughs> who understood the importance of what, well, man, I got to get so many like qualifiers. <laughs> It was important to them. Their work was important to them. And so they were willing to, quote unquote, fall forward as they tried to accomplish it. Right. Mm -hmm. So so I may I may not I may not get the win this time. Hey, but we're going to we're going to put a little dent in it. We'll put a little chink in it. It's, it's sort of like they were willing to keep chopping at this huge what appeared in their day to be insurmountable, like they chopping at this huge tree. And, and you may not be the one that who strikes the blow that, that falls the tree, but somebody's going to strike it and, and the tree will fall because of all of the work you put into it. Hmm. You got it ready. And, and these wicked people understood this. I'm thinking of the Alfred Kinsey's. I'm thinking of the Margaret Sangers. I'm, these people understood it. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of the, the Rockefellers. I'm, I'm thinking mm -hmm. of the people who they were able to say, all right, yeah, you can, you know, fine, use all the money you need. Just 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 get us to the end. Get us where we're trying to go. And for some reason, among Christians, we we have man, and we can least afford to do this. We have taken our hands off the wheel and we've just kind of like we've believed that we could trust or entrust our children to people who may not agree with us on all things, but, you know, they don't really have to. They're just going to teach them this and they're just going to teach them that. And now what we're seeing as the curtains are pulled back max capacity, what we're seeing is that it was never just about math. It was never, it was never, it was never just about math. It was yeah, never just about right. English. It was never just about reading. It was always about inculcating a worldview. And it was always about, it was always about hmm. pushing down, pushing down Christianity. Yeah. This is what, this is what we see now. And so I want you to get a picture. I want to, I'm going to bring in another article here. This is back from a few months ago. I've had it for a while. Um, so disturbing. And, and I, we've got a clip. We'll let you hear it. But I want you to get a picture as, as I go into this article here of a parade. Um, and, and I want you to think about everything you know about parades, how they kind of like in clusters as they, you know, go through your downtown or, you know, whatever. And you've got the different groups and, and you're, you turn your attention to that group. And then that group walks by and maybe several lines within that group. Right. Um, and then that group clears and then you get to the next group and then every group is just kind of just marching through. And, and every time you've got a new section, you turn your attention and, and they move through. And you think about the sexual revolution and what happened in our country. And again, you know, um, this the result of it doesn't mm -hmm. just spring out of nowhere. Right. So you've got the abdication of roles among Christians during the sexual revolution as well. All right. So you've, you've got Christians who are consuming the content as well. All right. Who who again, this this it's not just the wicked. It's also the Christians who relax the standard in, in every generation. You'll find them. They relax the standard. They consume the content. They think, well, you know what? This is some good information. We probably should apply this to how I wife. Probably should apply this to how I husband mm. or how I mother Where, whereby whereby the word of God is not sufficient. So it's this mm. new manual that's out. Yeah, it's this new book, this new talking point and people flock to it. Right. So so if you imagine this parade, mm -hmm. then what we have seen is we have seen sort of like the um, the rejection of of how God defines marriage. One man, one woman for life. Yeah. And and so and we wouldn't put that section of the parade in the homosexual 
transgender, LGBTQ plus IA, all of that. We we wouldn't even put that in the parade. But let me tell you, that is all in the parade. Mm. Whenever you can, whenever you call into question God's design for anything, Come on. anything, you open up the doors to say, well, maybe everything. <laughs> well, maybe everything. So so just keep watching the parade with me. Right. So we say, well, you know, maybe it's just if the person doesn't make me happy. Maybe it's just if, you know, if I just I find, you know, maybe if it's someone younger, maybe we can find a. And so so then we so there there goes that portion of the parade. And the Christians don't fight. The Christians don't say, wait, hold on a second. Hold, this is a covenant. Hold on. Let's fight for our marriages, guys. I understand. Yes, the marriages fail, but we're not going to make that the new standard, are we? Right. Let's keep fighting. Let's keep Come going on. back to scripture. Right. Let's keep going. Just because this is why we watch sports, right? Because people can do amazing things with balls that we can't do. <laughs> and we don't expect them to lower the goal because it just seems so insurmountable. Right. We're like, that's right. why we watch because right. that's amazing that they're able to do that. Exactly. So then the, the parade keeps moving. So then it, it's sort of like, so now it's, and it's not just divorce and, and we don't, we don't acknowledge that. We don't talk about that, but then it becomes, we don't need to marry. We just, we just shack up and everybody understands that. So it's, uh, that's, that's his wife. You say, well, are they married? They married. It's common law. Mm. No, actually, no, there's no, it's no, no. Don't don't they need a marriage certificate? Don't they need to say they are legally married? Don't they need to be married in the sight of God? A ceremony, something you you want you want a covenant? You want to do something right? You don't just you know pop up living together, but then but but that again that kind of becomes the the parade that just goes marching through, right? And then and from there, regression. more and more regression, more every, every single year, right. guys, every single year, yeah. And the parade continues, mm-hmm. and and then and then what happens? What happens as the parade goes on? Then you've got the homosexuals who say, "Well, why not us? Why not us?" But this is because you begin to soften the American public by normalizing homosexual activity. This is after the ball stuff, guys. We've talked about it many, many times. This is after the ball stuff. So then you you've got the transvestites, as they were called. Who the homosexuals say during the 90s, the late 80s and the 90s, they say, you guys are you you cannot listen. Back of the parade, we're not even in your section yet. Hmm. So just keep marching forward. Just keep marching forward. Right. So now you've got homosexuals saying, hey, just we we just want to love who we want to love. And this is all in the parade. We just want to love who we want to love. You don't even bring in the question of marriage. We just want to love who we want to love. Then the parade keeps going. You got civil unions. Then the parade keeps going. Marriage. <laughs> then the parade keeps going. Adoption. Mm. Then the parade keeps going. Hey, this actually has nothing to do with how we're born. It's really just our choice. Man. And actually, it's not. Actually, there's not just a binary. Actually, there's just like there's a spectrum. The parade keeps going. And now you've got what people call transgender. It is. It is a lie. You should. We shouldn't even say transgender men. There's no such thing. You. You cannot. We're talking about women, or we're talking about men. Yeah. But the parade just keeps going, and so then you've got the pedophiles who've been waiting. <laughs> they've been waiting. So they, they've been they've been hanging out, waiting for their call, waiting for the whistle to blow so that they can get in the parade and march down the line. Right. And so how do we start to normalize this? Well, then we start to allow for the so-called drag queens, the men who dress up as women, but but women don't exist. So we're not really sure what they're doing. We don't know. We just the <laughs> men who dress up as caricatures of women. And then we subject the children to that. 
And then we have the children hugging on them and loving on them and validating them. And then you've got the TED Talks and the TEDx Talks that tell you that pedophilia is something that we should we should not stigmatize. And they say we should feel compassion for this. Right. And the, and the parade just keeps going. Right. It just keeps going. Right. And then you have this article from back in April. OK, now, guys, because you could say, Miki, you just, you know, but here we go. Because now what we are seeing increasingly and we'll continue to see this is that it's now time for the pedophile uh, for the pedophiles to to make their entrance. <laughs> it's, it's time for them to pass the stand where you sit. Right. Like, you know, you need the little stands on the side of the road. You're right. They're passing your section right now. And again, all they ask of you is your children. That's it. That's they're They're like, look, you don't have to like us. You can turn away. But as they march right by, they like march by holding your kids' hands. And it's crazy. <laughs> Wave at mom. <laughs> it's crazy. In every part of that parade, they have asked for your children. Every single <laughs> section. At every, yep. <laughs> at every turn. Give us your children. Give us your children. This may be a bit too much for you, but give us your children. Alfred Kinsey, he's doing his research on infants, mm. on children. Guys, go back, do your research. Go back, go. It's, it, is, it is sick. And it's disgusting, but this made made in America. <laughs> a professor at the University of New Hampshire was pushing back, and this is a dated article here, after clips posted on Twitter showed him suggesting that it's not effective to assume that a pedophilic relationship is predatory and criminal. <laughs> wait, wait, what? We shouldn't assume that pedophilic relationships are predatory or criminal. We shouldn't assume that. Like, what are you, what are you saying? Professor David Finkelor, the director of the crimes against children research center in a virtual talk. And the talk was entitled sex crimes against juveniles involving elements of voluntary participation implications for prevention and response. Wait, sex crimes against juveniles involving elements of voluntary Voluntary. participation. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what? what? Yeah, I don't I don't under I don't understand. But you just you just you should just hear it. That that parade, because open and shut, that's criminal. Like there's no you, you can't do that. But you'll notice you'll you'll notice. Okay, so. Here's what we need to note. What we need to note is that what now we are being told is that the children have the right to consent. Guys, I, so I have a whole presentation on consent. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and so I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not I'm just trying to say. So why was consent such a big deal? I talk about consent. I'm like, guys, it's not. That doesn't mean what you think it means. Right. They are empowering children to make their own decisions about their sexual lives Apart from the parents' oversight. But I'm saying that parade is continuing on because at one point, it don't matter about consent of the, it's like that's criminal, period. No, exactly right. No, I, ag- I agree with you 100%. So, so the argument that they're making is that some of these younger people actually are initiating these relationships themselves. And so we shouldn't be so quick yeah. to make the adult the predator <laughs> or to make the adult Man. the aggressor because these kids. And so then the question is, well, I don't want to get too far ahead. Okay, so here we go. This, let's, let's, let's hear the clip. Here we go. Also, if young people are initiating sexual activities with adults or enthusiastically involved, we can't be effective in working with them if we assume 
that all such relationships start with a predatory or criminally inclined, inclined adult. The, as, as we see in the discussion, young people bridle at being forced into this uh, box of being seen as being the victim of a predator. And so there are reasons for learning about what the dynamics are and, and how to talk about them so that we can um, better help the young people who are in these situations. Wait, the young people bridle at being called victims. Wait, why? Because they wanted these relationships. The young people wanted the relationships with the adults, so they don't really like being called victims and look and guys all the while as the parade is going on they're just saying hey give us your kids because what do they teach Mm -hmm. the kids they teach the kids that they themselves have bodily autonomy they themselves have the right to consent they alone get to say what does and does not happen to their bodies and we are just like well you know i mean it's probably going to be okay it's probably going to be okay Back to the article, further review of Finkelore's speech shows him repeatedly referring to an adult sexually preying on a child as a relationship. <laughs> Man. <laughs> See? <clears throat> yeah. He also repeatedly used the word voluntary to describe a child submitting to adult overtures. <laughs> voluntary. Quote, there's a lot of ambiguity about the discussion and lack of consensus about what to call these kinds of episodes, he called them. Episodes. I've picked the term voluntary elements to the sexual relationship between the child and considerably older partner. Wait, <laughs> what? Like you, you decide to do what? Call it voluntary elements. Man. These voluntary elements like the, So the child now has the mental capacity to consent to sexual encounters with an adult. The child does now. But the problem is this is part of the parade. And if there's no resistance or any, just like the other things, this will be, you know, the it won't be the norm, but they will try to make it the norm. Like it's, it's this is in the long line of the other stuff that they have been parading. And so as we see this parade going on and on and on, they're adding more and more to it. Man, it for me, it's like. No, stop this parade. And that's that's where we come in. Yes. That's where the steadfastness of the body of Christ comes in. Listen, we have allowed for the culture to dictate, man, to a certain extent, and I want to be very careful here, but the culture has really controlled the sexualization of our children. We in the church have adopted these cultural norms and we've brought them into the body of Christ and we've tried to find a a place for them in scripture or maybe we just don't care at all and we don't even try to reconcile the two. But we've given into the notions of dating and allowing kids to Mm, practice divorce, to to engage in in touching one another and all of these things. And we just look away because we say, well, that's just kind of what they do now. We sexualize our daughters when we pull the clothing off the racks that look like they once belonged in a strip club but now they say well let's wear it and then also let's let's wear it let let our daughters look more and more not like women because that was that was the 90s cry you're dressing like a woman now it's like like strippers mm. and so 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 where are we now so we we do we borrow from the culture we've rejected scripture we borrow from the culture 
And then we can't stop there because the, Christ, the, the, the culture says, oh, no, Christians, you, gotta, you guys got to take it all now. And so here's what we're saying. We're also saying that these kids that you have allowed us to sexualize, they also have the right to consent. Hmm. And the parade marches on. Somebody's got to get out there in the middle of the street. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and there's Jennifer Meckle with Great God. So the call is to get back to the authority of the Word of God and to allow for the Word of God to govern the way we live and the way that we raise our children and to understand that if you've got a decline happening in your individual family, now listen, this is what I'm talking about. If you've got a decline that is happening in your individual family, sort of a a, a waning of, of a desire for the Lord, a desire for the things of God. You see this, you've got maybe millennial kids or then coming after that, you've got Gen Z, what, however it is that it looks. What I'm saying is somebody has to get out in the middle of the street and stop the parade, right? You have to stop the march, stop. And, and, and I'm not talking about getting out in an actual parade. I'm talking about in what is happening in your family. Yeah. So like so that's the so, way you so stop it. that's the way you stop it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, what if you what if you say, okay, if we if we're just sort of like apathetic to the things of God, and we notice that people are just cultural Christians around here, but you know, just a couple generations back, you know, Granddaddy was really serious about the things of God, and then all of us. So then, so then, if you if you recognize that, there's got to be a moment where you stand up and say, you know, hold up a second here. Mm-hmm. We we have we have missed out on the richness of scripture being applied to our lives. And so we've got to teach our grandkids how to do that. Yeah. We, we've got to teach our nieces and nephews how to do that. If you look everywhere in our culture, and, and I don't think it's an exaggeration, there is this understanding that getting the kids early gets you the best results. Yes. They These people it. are just waiting for us to die. And, and, and when you think about it, you have what we talked about, the, the school system, and, you know, the grabs that's made there. But then outside of school, you have the media, social media. It's like it's it's 24 seven if 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 you let them, you know, uh, indoctrination and, and, yes. and uh, training and thinking in the, the way that they desire for you to, to think. And so the, the battle requires that we be vigilant. Yes. Like there's no other way. There's no kind of like relaxing. And that's that's the thing I, I, I think it's hard for parents you know, for us to really like see that it's 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, because the enemy is not stopping. Mm-mm. Don't take breaks, any of Mm-mm. that stuff. So, so let's, I want to open the phone lines up to get our listeners take on, on what we're talking about. Um, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. So what I'm, what I'm suggesting here very strongly one is that there must be a return to the authority of scripture that we've got to say, okay, this is what God requires. Listen, Amen. we don't allow our failures to set the standard in the body of Christ. Amen. We don't allow our failures to set the standard. There may be things in your life that you're like, man, you know, I'm not, I'm not proud that I didn't, you know, 
keep myself pure before marriage. You you may have things where you say, well, I'm not proud that I've have this in my past, but man, okay. We have to say, but that does not change the standard of God's word. We have to Amen. say, this is the standard of God's word. So we return to the standard of God's word. Then, okay, guys, I'm going to, I know that this is, this is, I understand. Okay. But maybe we cut off some of the time that we spend perusing on social media Mm-hmm. and consuming news and start being about that change. <laughs> I hate to sound all like, you know, but start being about the change that we want to see. I know it sounds very like, you know, bumper <laughs> sticker, but, but, but I'm saying if you're lamenting the decline or the slow fade, which is now a fast fade, if you're lamenting the fade of the country in which you live at some point, just consuming the information that proves we're in decline has got to be like, not enough. Yeah. Like right. just reading the, and there's tons of it. You're not going to run out of it, guys. And I, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, look, let me tell you, and I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. So I got off Facebook because what I realized, and this is complete transparency here. I realized that when I was responding to people whom I've never met, wonderful people who love the Lord, some of them who don't love the Lord and hate that I talk about the Lord. Okay. Some of them. Right. <laughs> but I realized that this was becoming a re- now listen to me, please. This was becoming a real part of my life, mm-hmm. a real part of my life. People that I've never met who would disagree with me or agree with me. They're asking me for information. And so what I realized and, and guys, look, it is. Um, so now I've got one of my children who walks up to me to ask me a question. But I've got to finish my response to this person because you've misunderstood what I'm saying. (laughs) And so the kid who's right there is not as important to the person I've never met, may never meet. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't post again the next day, wouldn't wouldn't care. But the kid who is right there, like, stop just a second, just a second. So, you know what, I've I've got to I've got to recognize. Hold up a second. My priorities are off. This is, I, man, I, I love being able to interact with people, but, but every single second of the day, from the moment, and I hesitate, I try not to let my phone be the first thing I pick up in the morning because you got all these notifications that immediately are all on your phone. And I just feel like, no, no, Jesus first, Amen. like the Lord first, like, Amen. no, not all of this. No, no. And so I try, I try to wait a while before picking up my phone because guess what I'm telling you? is that we live in a culture that's playing a long game and we have given up. We, we have allowed for our kids to be raised by social media. We've allowed for them to be shaped by a culture that is on its way to destruction. And we're just hoping maybe something will click for them at some point. And, and the Lord, man, the Lord is calling us to be the click. Like you be the one who instills, you be the one mm-hmm. who teaches, you be the one who trains. And we have given that up and we're getting the result of that. And so every generation is in decline, just more and more, just serving the Lord less and less, knowing who he is less and less. And no one's, no one's coming from outside of that. The gospel has been entrusted to you. You've been entrusted with, with the gospel. So the, 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 the upset that we often see coming from the culture, coming from Christians in the culture about the decline, I'm like, I, I start to think at some point you just kind of like complaining about it. Mm-hmm. That's all. And I think do, we'll do something. Don't let your children be lost to this culture. Don't let your grandchildren be lost to this culture. 
Don't let your nieces and your nephews be lost to this culture. Make it really difficult for the enemy to swipe them. But we haven't made it really difficult. We've made it super easy. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go? Go to Pam in Pennsylvania. Hi, Pam. Hi, guys. Nikki, please don't get emotional. The rest of us will lose it. <laughs> Pam, um, listen. <laughs> um, I, my statement today is we have, and I can, I can look back quite a ways because I'm an old girl. I have grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Mm. And we stopped teaching our daughters about virtue. Mm. We stopped teaching them that that their womanhood is a gift that they give to their husband upon their marriage, and that is a covenant, and God is a God of covenants. And we need to come back to that with our young Christian children, mm-hmm. and the boys need to understand that covenant, and the young women need to preserve that covenant. And it's this, that's my statement today, and I love you both, and I sure appreciate you. Oh, God bless you, Pam. you, Pam. I agree with you 100%. I think for both our guys and our gals, we need to be teaching virtue. We need to be teaching purity. We need to be teaching holiness. These are not antiquated terms that belong to a particular denomination. Holiness is what the Lord God requires. He says, you be holy as I am holy. Mm-hmm. And so we don't teach this to our kids anymore. So they have no point of reference for this. They don't understand what it means. They, it's, it's really lost on them. We've got to return to this. Pam, you are exactly right. And I'm telling you, this stuff all gets born out in discipleship and going through the scriptures and saying, what does the Lord require? What is the Lord asking of us? What has the Lord um, kind of carved out for people who bear his name? The scriptures tell us. Mm. Will the great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Brian in Virginia. Hi, Brian. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Hello. All right. Um, I'm, this is the first time I've listened to you guys and I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed on what I'm listening to. It's really nice. But oh, I, thank I you. God you, bless you. Um, you couldn't be more right about how the body of Christ has kind of lost its deal to, like, raise the children unto the Lord. And I think that's a real battle that we're going to have to really dig in, really deep in, you know, to really get our kids out of the kingdom of darkness and mm. back mm. into the kingdom of light where where it belongs. So that's, that's all I wanted to share with you all. I'm, I'm really liking this. When, when, how often do I is this show on? Well, God bless you, Brian. I appreciate your encouragement. Uh, the program airs weekdays. Um, you're, you're on Eastern time. So that would be three to four Eastern time, two to three central, okay. three to four Eastern. Thank you so Thank much you, for your Brian. encouragement. I appreciate it. You know, I was thinking as uh, Brian was talking there, I was thinking, man, so many of us, we are going to find ourselves on sort of like a search and rescue mission. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so now we've, we've kind of, we're on, we're on the way and we've lost our kids. Right. And, and look guys, this is a reality of the world that we live in. And this is not meant to be condemning, but we are on the way and we've lost our kids in the busyness of life and the go get it of life and, and, and making all these other things central. And so now what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to humble ourselves. We're going to have to mm. stop. We're going to have to do an about face and say, wait a minute, where are the kids who I'm supposed to be leading? And you, you turn around and, and maybe they're not there. Maybe they've kind of gone off the path. They've gone yeah. off the straight and narrow. Yeah. But so that means that you're going to have to stop. And you're going to have to go rescue them. You have to go get them and bring them back. 
bring them back. And this is going to take work, right? Because mm-hmm. now they're building up their, their new influences. Right. Okay. And so, so now they've got their new, what's important to them is not what's important to you. <laughs> and, and we've got to humbly face the reality that we have actually given them something that is alternatively important. And look, it's going to take a whole lot of prayer as well. It's Absolutely. A whole lot because it's the Holy Spirit that's going to be able to untangle their hearts that have Amen. been tangled up in the world. And so that prayer coupled with, you know, mm. uh, the scripture and going like you're saying, go, go and get them in and being able to like be with them is it's going to be paramount because, you know, with indoctrination, it's going to take the spirit of God to be able to show, you know, what is true and what is false. Amen. And, Amen. Yeah. And 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 to break, listen, and then we'll go back to the phone lines here. But to break the strongholds, mm. when we have allowed for generations of a grip on our kids by the culture, we are now talking about spiritual strongholds. We're talking about a grip that really, apart from the work of the spirit, mm-hmm. apart from the work of the spirit, it's unbreakable. But the spirit does break strongholds. How do you know this? Because strongholds were broken in your life. Mm. Strongholds were broken in my life, right? Like we're not special people that we've come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The Mm. same thing that he did in our heart, he will do in your kids and in your grandkids, in your nieces and your nephews. And I want to include the the God-fearing aunts and uncles because, man, you have a work to do. That's right. You have a work to do. That's right. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. All right, let's go to Bill in South Carolina. Hi, Bill. Hi, how you doing? doing hey, good. um, I just got a comment. I, uh, first of all, I love listening to you guys when I get the time on my ride back and forth to work. But um, one thing, there's got to be a way that we can. I mean, yeah, we're we're preaching, we're talking to people, but there's got to be more of a way that we can publicize this to the United States and the people of the United States that aren't getting the same message from the radio. I mean, I listen mm-hmm. to Christian radio because that's what I prefer. But there's a lot of people out there that aren't listening to this type of stuff, but they're not so they're not knowledgeable of what's actually going on in this world, in this United States. So hmm. somehow we've got to come up with a way to get that out more publicized somehow. I'm not I sure agree how to you. do it besides preaching one on one, but yeah, well, I, I would say yes. And I, I <laughs> would ahead, say, man, quick. hopefully our leaders and our pastors you know, would be have would have a biblical worldview and would be talking about these things because people need to understand how to practically live out the faith. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this should be happening in our churches as well. Like we should be talking about these things, you know, from a biblical uh, perspective. I mean, Amen. there are tons of scripture you c- <laughs> that could be used to talk about, you know, raising up godly seed, you know, discipling our children, all these things that we talk about. They should be talked about, I believe, in, in, in the, um, the churches as well. Absolutely. And to your point, let me say this. I came across this article and, and I almost mentioned it, like kind of went through it here. But this is from the Christian Post where you've got uh, it's a Virginia megachurch pastor who recently tackled tough questions about how Christians should respond to LGBT activism. Gary Hamrick mm-hmm. is a senior pastor I've of Cornerstone of Chapel, Chapel in Leesburg, mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, I wasn't familiar with him until reading this article, but he and his son sat down and just took some questions and gave some biblical answers. And, and let me just tell you, that's out of the park. It, it was out of the park. And I and I as I was reading it, looking at what some of their responses were to these questions, I thought this needs to be replicated all across the country. Yeah, this. Why? Because it's local. 
Do you understand what I, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's right there among the people that we live with where we're saying, okay, I've got some questions about this. Like, how do I, I mean, and he, and he's, he's responding biblically to the parents' questions. Guys, we, we can't ignore, we can't overlook it. Like, yes, there's a, there's a place for a national platform. There is a place for that. And, and all across all the outlets, there's, there are people talking about this. We're not the only ones. But there is nothing that is going to be better than those people that we live and do life with answering their questions in light of what the scriptures say. Amen. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.